Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. The COB is brought to you by Capstream, the global absolute return fixed income specialist. It is the 1st of June, and welcome to the COB. Good to see you here, Scotty. Likewise, Adine. Welcome to winter. Oh, it is officially winter. Quite a nice day, though, outside in Sydney today and a little bit of heat moving into this local market as well. Though, in fairness, I mean, it was a mostly positive day around the region, surprisingly so. It was. So all those moves that we saw on Friday were largely reversed. We saw the ASX, you know, 200 finish up, you know, 1.1%. Trix 200 was up, you no know, slightly lesser than that. But across the region, all mainland Chinese markets up, you no know, 1% when I last looked. Hang Seng is up over 3%. Uh, you look across other risk assets as well. Aussie dollar, as we come to wear, up 1.3% against the greenback. The dollar is, US dollar index is getting hosed, in one word. So the Aussie dollar trading above 67 cents for the first time since February 19th. And this is coming ahead of the RBA monetary policy meeting tomorrow. Not saying the two of them are related whatsoever. In fact, why do you think that the Aussie dollar is outperforming to the extent that it has been. I should say recovering from those lows. It is. Uh, look, there's a number of factors. It's not just one that goes and builds into a currency price, but there's a lot of things. Liquidity, risk appetite has improved as well. Uh, we've also seen the RBA has gone and scaled back their asset purchase program. Uh, and, um, obviously, they've been looking to go and target that three-year yield. They've got largely to that point now, and so they've gone and tapered their asset purchases. That's also going to help the Aussie dollar. And then, of course, iron ore. Iron ore's up over $100 a tonne. Uh, so all these tailwinds are now propelling the Aussie dollar higher. Now, where does it go to? Well, it's had a couple of technical breaks higher now. Um, so I think you know, people tend to look at big figures. So maybe 70 US cents could be on the cards in the not-too-distant future. I wonder if tomorrow we will hear the RBA saying anything in relation to the Australian dollar you know, along the lines of that its, its strength could complicate some of the, the economic rebound, considering, uh, you know, our exposure to some of those, um, you know, tourism in particular, education in particular. I know we were chatting with Tony Morris, Chief Economist of Bank of America here in Australia, and he thought that that would be an interesting point coming from the RBA's meeting tomorrow. It will be, because at some point, you know, the Aussie dollar can kill us with kindness. If it goes too high, we know that, you know, through the trade mechanism, that, you know, it makes our exports, including tourism and education exports, more expensive, and it makes imports uh, cheaper. So, realistically, I know we're, we're getting maybe a little bit ahead of ourselves here with the border effectively shut and whatnot, but at some point, we're going to have these sectors in particular, massive employers in Australia, having to go and compete against those around the world. Now, the Aussie dollar keeps rallying like it's doing at the moment. I'm not saying it's going to, but the more stronger it gets, the more headwinds it's going to create. So it, it's something that maybe the RBA may choose to go and lean against tomorrow. But all things being equal, now I can't say the RBA be anything less than a bit of half glass full, which is typical for them because we've seen the economic data recently, whilst it's still bad, it's getting less bad. 
and we seem to have won or winning the battle when it comes to the health side of things. Those are two massive factors and that also explains why the Aussie dollar has been on a tear recently. And iron ore, boom. Boom, it has been, that's pretty much it. It's uh, out of nowhere. I remember writing at the start of last week, I said iron ore price looks a bit toppy. It had a couple of, uh, couple of declines, obviously after a pretty strong run and it's just jackknifed higher again. And look, you've got tailwinds from people getting very excited about you know, infrastructure spending in China. We saw some property uh, no data in the PMIs come out from the government over the weekend that show property sector was starting to go and hum again. Big user of steel, infrastructure, big user of steel. Then overlay that with problems on the supply side in Brazil. And I think a lot of people are putting two and two together and they're looking at steel inventories in China coming down. And they're thinking, well, there's going to be a lot more steel that's going to have to be produced. That means a lot more iron ore is going to be used. Uh, well, you talked about the economy and economic outlook. Today, we had a lot of talk about this property property stimulus package that the government might embark on. We spoke with Alan Wargent's Pete Wargent. If you'd like to access that interview, you can do so in the show notes. But I guess it's not a coincidence that we saw some of the better performing shares on the local market being Adelaide Brighton. We had Boral as well. It's pretty incredible that we think about stimulus coming even for homeowners embarking on renovations. But again, you know, some of the guests we were talking to today said it makes sense when we get to September and we start to see a wind back of the job keeper, job keep, uh, seeker, that the government would look to more targeted stimulus measures. My biggest grievance is that it does not add to new supply. Uh, I don't think the taxpayer should be forced to go and subsidise private landholders to go and improve their asset. Uh, I understand also there's a need to go and get stimulus out into the economy quickly. Building has got a lag effect, but it's very interesting to go and see whether you know, it looks like this is going to go ahead. The scale of what it's going to be and will it lead to you know, higher prices for properties, which essentially you're going to be improving a lot of properties. Will it go and lead to excessive expenses among uh, people who are doing the renovations, builders and the like. So there are a lot of things that need to be considered here. We've seen countless numbers of programs involving building in the past that have been rushed, bungled and led to in some cases, death, and we do not want to go and see that again on this occasion. So the builders performed pretty well today. One view holdings, you can't get past that, finishing up by more than 55% today. That's after Iris announced that it would be acquiring the company. Iris also raising capital. If you'd like to listen to the interview that we did with uh, the CEO, Andrew Walsh, you can do so again by accessing uh, that interview in the show notes. However, if we're talking about stocks, we may as well crack on with the stock of the day. Stock of the day, Zipco. So it announced that it's taking over quad pay in the US. So it's in that hot buy now, pay later space and it's looking to make a move on the US market. We spoke with Julia Lee from Berman Invest and Gary Glover from Novus Capital on the call today about Zipco. This is all about the agony of paying. The less painful it is to pay for something, the more likely that consumers are to part with their money. And if you think about it, if you were to pay for everything in 10 cent coins, you'd probably spend less. If you think about zip money, it's probably somewhere in between an afterpay as well as a credit card where you're looking at um, some different products, but basically interest-free for the first month and then $6 account keeping fees. Now, Zip Money's acquisition, um, this means that it will be able to grow a lot faster. So it should be good news in terms of its valuation. I like Afterpay better than Zip Money, but at today's valuations, I'd be buying Zip Money. Yeah, I mean, you just look at the, the last correction on Zip. So 
had a high of like just above 580 and then um well the covid situation got down to almost uh to a dollar so it was just above a dollar there so fair um retracement and price there so just that's not a good indication of, of the model or the, or the or the market feeling sort of safe in this sort of product so so i know we've this, this space is really attractive. Obviously, some momentum there. There's obviously um, real strong revenue growth in that area. Um, not a lot of profit growth there there yet. Um, so no longer term, you know, uh, there's probably going to be a couple of survivors there. I think Zip's probably well-placed to be one of the two or three um, that does come out of it here. But valuation's pretty high here. And that was Gary Glover there finishing off that conversation about the stock of the day, Zipco. As far as what's coming up tomorrow, uh, it's not just the Reserve Bank, is it, Scuddy? We've also got some of those um, inputs into the Q1 GDP read. We'll get a really good indication as to whether we're looking at a negative March quarter national account figure. So we've got business inventories, which is going to be a huge component. We also have uh, net exports. Well, well, they will go and offset each other. No one really knows, but those are massive things. And you've also got government expenditure and investment. So those three things combined know are going to give us a real good indication as to whether we're going to look at the fabled no technical recession or not it's pretty clear we're going to see a negative quarter in the june quarter but uh, also beyond that when gdp comes out what's happened with household consumption particularly services spending we've got a lot of guests lined up for you tomorrow we've got alex joiner from ifm investors so he's the chief economist there he'll be joining us at 9 20. it's always an interesting conversation Michael Frazes from Frazes Capital will be joining us at about 10.10. We will be speaking with the CEO of PointsBet. Um, That's an interesting one. We get a lot of questions from our viewers on PointsBet, and that company has gone gangbusters, the share price at least, uh, in the midst of this pandemic. Uh, The list goes on. Paul Bloxham, HSBC Chief Economist, will be joining us. We've got the Chief Economist of Deutsche Bank. And of course, we'll get stock-specific Mark Moreland from Team Invest. Uh, will be joining us for the call. And um, yeah, Martin Crabb, CIO of Sean Partners, will round out the day with you and I tomorrow. Scuddy, uh, wrapping up the day in markets and uh, giving us usually a little bit of a, a buy, hold, sell. So that is Tuesday coming up. Uh, that's it for today. Thanks again to Capstream. You can get more information on Capstream in your episode notes or visit capstream.com. That's it for us this Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.